Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas bank here. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, Apple bans vaping apps and a big debate over domains. But first, all eyes, or maybe just some eyes, on impeachment. So welcome to day two of the impeachment hearings on Capitol Hill, where the House Intelligence Committee today will hear testimony from former U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, following Wednesday's testimony from Acting Ambassador to Ukraine, Bill Taylor, and Senior State Department official George Kent. Key to watch today will be if Yovanovitch provides any new information beyond what she told many of these same Congress people last month during closed hearings, the transcripts of which were later released. That's what Bill Taylor did. He had something new when he shared secondhand knowledge of a phone call between Trump and EU Ambassador Gordon Sondland, in which Trump allegedly inquired about Ukraine investigating Joe Biden and his son Hunter. But beyond the substance, there is another question. Are you watching? Live TV viewership for Wednesday's hearing was 13.8 million, which is well short of the 19.5 million people who watched James Comey's congressional testimony in June 2017, or the 20 million who watched the Christine Blasey Ford, Brett Kavanaugh hearings last September. In fact, more people even watched former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen testify this past February. Now, ratings don't affect the substance. In other words, Trump isn't guilty of attempted bribery if lots of people watched, but innocent of it if no one watches. But the reality is that impeachments are a political process, not criminal. And those making the final decisions will be keeping a very close eye on voter sentiment. If people aren't watching or reading the subsequent coverage at Axios or elsewhere, then it's unlikely we'll get anything beyond partisan votes in both congressional chambers. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios executive editor Mike Allen. But first, this. This episode is brought to you by Silicon Valley Bank. Know everything about coding, but not so much about banking? For more than 35 years, Silicon Valley Bank has been helping high-growth companies navigate through each stage of the startup journey. Stay tuned to learn more. Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas. Bank here. We're joined now by Axios Executive Editor Mike Allen. So, Mike, we went over the live TV numbers in the open. How do you explain why fewer people, you know, leave the Kavanaugh, Blasey Ford hearing aside, why are fewer people watching this live than, say, watch the Michael Cohen testimony from earlier this year? Of course, remember that a lot of this is being uh, watched on streaming or this is being listened to on the radio. And it's like so many sports games now, like people are going to catch the highlights. But you're right. You look at these comparison numbers with these very recent hearings. So that's pretty apples to apples. And it's down. Our colleagues, Neil Rothschild and Sarah Fisher, point out that there's a certain fatigue in the country from political drama, right? In Trump era, constant political intrigue, uproar. So it's a sign of our times that we have once-in-a-lifetime hearing fatigue because we've had how many once-in-a-lifetime hearings now in two years? We talk about it in the early part of the Trump administration. You would sometimes write, remember, this is not normal. And there was all this talk of don't normalize, don't normalize. What you're suggesting, though, is that we as a society, we have gotten accustomed to this drama. It has become normal. Yeah, no question. They point out in this piece that a big dilemma for the Democrats is how do you dramatize this in a way that it will break through to the very few people who are persuadable and the maybe vanishingly small number of people who actually don't have an opinion. So we have this fascinating choreography going on. Day two of the hearings, President Trump releases a transcript of his first 
perfect, quote marks around that, call with the Ukrainian president, the hi, how are you doing, congratulations call. Which is mostly Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, saying, hey, you want to come? Trump saying, yeah, maybe next time, and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, and with the president throwing in a reference to when he owned the Miss Universe pageant, and reporters quickly uh, pointed out that this did not actually match the readout of the same call that we got in real time. And in real time, the readout that we were given said they talked about corruption. This record of the call shows that they didn't. But the key is the stage management here. So he puts that at a nine. The former Ukrainian ambassador starts testifying at 930. At 10, the president tweets, attacks her, blames her for what's going on in Somalia, saying some kind of diplomat she is. She didn't fix what's happening in Somalia or Ukraine. But this is the beauty part. Our colleague, Elena Treen, who was in the room, pointed out that right away they saw Chairman Schiff's staff handing out printouts of that tweet. And then they ask the witness about the president's tweet in real time. So this is a new twist in the reality show politics that we're all living through. And for the White House, which has been complaining they don't have their lawyers there, I guess they don't need them, right? Because they can just get their questions asked that way. There's been a lot of pushback, mostly media pushback over the last two days over this issue of attention. Are people watching? Are there bombshells? There's been a lot of pushback against this with some people saying substance. Substance is all that matters here. What's your perspective on this? Because outside of Bill Taylor's kind of new information about, you know, the phone call that he didn't talk about in his closed door testimony, we kind of know what all these people are going to say, correct? They've already been grilled for hours and hours, and we've got mostly the transcripts. We do, Dan, but here's what matters, and here's why this week is so powerful. Until now, it's been all Pauls and pundits. Now you're hearing former public servants, current public servants, in real time, telling their story telling what it was like for them. The powerful moment at day one, when the witness pointing out that this was the one and only time that he was concerned enough about something to cable to write the Secretary of State. In day two, the witness talking about how they really felt intimidated by the way that she was being treated, didn't understand why the president and Rudy Giuliani had uh, turned on her or making her job harder, pointing out that this is a time when there's a lot of hot spots around the world. People need the American representatives around the world in these uh, capitals. And when they are accused of not doing their job or when they are undermined in doing their job, when they're trying to follow U.S. policy, which they didn't set, but as foreign service officers, they're trying to uphold, that undermines the trust in America and the effectiveness of America all around the world. You said at the beginning that, you know, part of the lack of, call it ratings in this case, is in part perhaps because we've become desensitized to all of this. How much of it is also just because from a political standpoint, most Americans, at least who are paying attention, seem to understand that at least in the House of Representatives, the votes baked here. Democrats are going to vote to impeach. Republicans are going to vote not to. That's a good point. I just had a coffee with one of the most plugged in political players in the land, somebody you know very well, and they're barely paying attention to the impeachment hearings. And I was like, wait, what? And they said, yeah, it's, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant, but it almost is because we're going to get to the end of this. And almost certainly the macro political dynamics will be the same that they were going in. As you suggest, we expect that the House will vote to impeach mostly or entirely along party lines. And then Barring stunning new information that has not come along, 
you're going to have the Senate controlled by Republicans vote to acquit the president. It would take some shocking, completely unforeseeable in the literal meaning of that world, unforeseeable, not unforeseen change in what we're calling President Trump's red wall in the Senate. 20 Republican senators would have to get together to join with Democrats to kick him out. And there's just no sign of even a couple of them. Final thing for you on that is the unforeseen part. If we're going to get that in these House hearings, is it most likely that's going to come from Gordon Sondland, who's supposed to testify next week? Because he's somebody who it does seem there is new information about, both provided by him and by Bill Taylor the other day. And unlike so many of these others where we seem to know the answers to questions because they've already been asked and answered, there might be actual new questions, new information that comes from him. Well, yes, he has some splaining to do, right? Now that it's come out that there was a second person who overheard this cell phone call with President Trump, which uh, led people on Twitter to wonder very reasonably, was this call with President Trump really on speakerphone? <laughs> but yeah. if you look at what he has said in the past, and now two accounts of that call, is very hard to square them, and he's going to be on the spot to do it in that hearing. So you're right. We have the situation as reporters, we always love it, where whatever the answer is, it's news. I feel like that's where we're headed with the ambassador. Mike Allen, executive editor of Axios, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan, for your great coverage. My final two right after this. Earlier, we highlighted Silicon Valley Bank's experience with helping startups. But with Silicon Valley Bank, you're also getting a partner committed to supporting you as you strive to hit your next milestones. Perhaps that's why 50% of VC-backed tech and life science companies choose Silicon Valley Bank. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more. Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas. Bank here. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is Apple, with Axios reporting today that the company will remove all 181 vaping-related apps from its mobile app store. This comes after at least 42 people in the U.S. have died from vaping-related lung illnesses, including at least some who appear to have only used nicotine cartridges, not cartridges containing THC. Now, among the banned vaping apps are ones involved in retail, gaming, and even some hardware companion apps for vape pens, which would let users regulate how hot they get. In a statement, Apple said, quote, experts ranging from the CDC to the American Heart Association have attributed a variety of lung injuries and fatalities to e-cigarette and vaping products, going so far as to call the spread of these devices a public health crisis and a youth epidemic. We agree, end quote. And finally today, a new private equity firm called Ethos Capital recently agreed to buy Public Internet Registry, the group that sells and operates .org domains, you know, kind of like .com, but usually for nonprofits. This comes several months after the Public Internet Registry signed a new contract with the organization that oversees all internet things, and that contract lifted long-standing price caps on .org domains. Not surprisingly, lots of folks are crying foul, believing the private equity firm now will raise the prices, not only hurting nonprofits, but eventually leading to a removal of price caps on other domains, including .com and .net. Ethos Capital tells Axios it will not make, quote, dramatic price increases, a promise that many in the domain industry will be very interested to see if it keeps. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Jesse Lee, have a great national Raisin Brand Cereal Day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata Podcast.